Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. The headlines say that now confirmed, soon to be sworn in, Supreme Court Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson taking the place of retiring Justice Breyer does nothing to change the balance of the court. If this is how you're looking at it, you are completely missing the moment, the meaning, the message, and the importance of the Supreme Court. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. So, of course, today was the first time we heard publicly from Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson after she was confirmed by a vote in the United States Senate yesterday. Uh, today, the president, the vice president and Judge Jackson uh, took to the uh, White House lawn to talk about this historic moment. Uh, but I want to get in before we talk about some of the things that she said and some of the insight we gained about her and what we can expect moving forward uh, I want to address this this headline of, well, she's replacing a more liberal judge in Justice Breyer. And so nothing's really going to change. That's part of the problem. If you're only keeping score based on a few big name, highly publicized cases, uh, you're missing what the judiciary is all about. You're missing what that branch of government is all about. So to say that she's really not going to have an impact on the court because it didn't change the balance of power. She wasn't replacing a conservative judge, so everything stays status quo. No, it's about the conversations that happen in the chamber. It's the conversations that happen in the hallway. It's the conversation between the justices when they convene and counsel together on cases. That changes because she's in the room. And it changes with each new Supreme Court justice that goes into that chamber as one of nine. Most people don't recognize most cases that are brought before the Supreme Court are decided eight to one or nine to zero. Now, we hyperventilate and hyperfocus on the 5-4 cases. But if you go through and look at all the cases that come before the Supreme Court, it's eight to one, nine to zero, seven to two. That covers most of the cases that will be decided by the Supreme Court. And then you have a few that are six to three. And then, of course, you have some of those highly contentious five to four. And so if you're only keeping score, if you're only keeping score by how many liberals and how many conservatives there are in the court, you're missing it completely. Each of those justices brings with them experience, background, perception, understanding, and one of the things that the justices do that we don't really get to see, and I wish we could, is they listen really well. And they listen to each other. And if you've ever had the chance to listen to a Supreme Court justice just talk about their colleagues, 
it's nothing like what we see on cable news. Everyone thinks that the justices go behind after they hear these cases and then they argue and shout at one another. No, they go back and they listen and they ask questions. They ask awesome questions like, help me understand. Or how does this apply to the, this particular case? Or what is the original meaning of this particular phrase? Or what was the intent of this particular law? That's the magic of the judiciary branch. And so it's not this zero-sum game that we play in our politics. And we have to quit looking at the court like politics. Now, part of that is the problem of Congress. If Congress would do its job and the presidents of both parties would stay in their lane, uh, not rule by executive order, uh, the courts would be a lot, a lot less contentious. And they'd have a lot less work to do, by the way. But when you look at it today, I just keep seeing all of these headlines and hearing, hearing all these reports. Well, the balance of the court did not change. Nothing happened today because uh, Judge Jackson is just going to replace Justice Breyer. They have very similar, similar judicial philosophy. No, everything changes. Of course it changes. You have a new one of nine. And she's going to foster different kinds of conversations in the room. And it will happen two ways. One, it will happen when the other eight justices ask her questions. And she will influence it by the way she asks questions of the other eight. Now, I know that sounds like dialogue. <laughs> I know that sounds like a little higher level conversation. That's what it's supposed to be. But we've allowed our politics to taint and undermine our confidence in the courts because we think the courts function like our politicians. And granted, there are outliers. There is there is in everything. You can, you can find the exceptions, but they are the exceptions. And one of the things that is most frustrating to me about our politics is that we've allowed our politicians to cause us to undermine our confidence in the courts. Because the politicians are politicizing everything. And they're playing this zero-sum game. And when you're on the bench, it's not a zero-sum game. It's not winning and losing. It's did we apply the law correctly? Did we do our job? Did we call balls and strikes? Did we make sure... This was one of the things that I thought uh, Judge Jackson did a very great job on. Was making sure that in any case that came before her that both those that came out victorious and those that may have lost uh, that particular case walked away feeling heard and understood. That's the job of a judge. To listen, to gain understanding, and then to apply the law based on the facts. And so just be careful today. Uh, as everyone is having this conversation about, okay, and, and the uh, prognosticators are already looking forward of, well, let's see, if uh, someone else retires or has an unfortunate health incident uh, and President Biden is able to nominate someone else, does he have to go more to the center or further to the left? And what if the Republicans take over the Senate uh, after the midterm election and will anything get done? And that's all politics. And that does undermine our confidence in the courts. And that's where we've got to think again. 
We've got to completely rethink that. Because we have to have confidence in that branch of government. And we can't allow those that are playing the zero-sum game of party politics to get in the way of our confidence in the judiciary branch. Uh, if we lose that, we've, we've lost a lot. And we've lost a lot of trust over the last few years. And that's what worries me most about the future of the country is if we lose that trust and if that loss of trust in institutions and organizations ultimately trickles down to where we no longer trust each other, uh, that's the beginning of the end. And that's what we can't allow to happen as citizens. And so, yes, you can say the conservative and the liberal balance of the court didn't change with the confirmation of Katanji Brown Jackson. But don't think for a minute her being in the room doesn't change everything in terms of the conversations. Just like each of the justices, when they came on the court, everything changed. Because, again, most of those cases are decided eight to one, nine to zero. Seven to two. The politicians focus very heavily on the 5 4 hotly contested political issues. But there's much, much more to it. And whether you believe and like the judicial philosophy of Judge Jackson or not, she's going to raise crucial conversations. She's going to ask interesting questions. She will be asked interesting questions by her other eight colleagues on the Supreme Court. And that is good for the country. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.